Hi everyone, how are you doing today? My name is Aryan Chaudhary and I'm joined here with my hosts Akash Vikram Shroff and Parth Bihani. Welcome to the Zoom In Zoom Out podcast, where a couple of us woefully underqualified friends zoom in and out at the stories of our very qualified and interesting guests. We love discussing compelling ideas, concepts, and even the journeys of these people among, like, with those people and amongst ourselves. Um, we also like to talk about systems for personal growth and improvement, uh, and like to think that we're kind of like productivity nerds. So uh, I hope that we can all stay happier and have more fun in our respective growth journeys. Uh, but before we begin, you might be wondering, why should you listen to us? And if the sound of our voices hasn't done it already for you, I don't think anything else will. As Aryanth mentioned, we're woefully underqualified. We have no idea what we're saying, but the guests we have on are going to be pretty interesting. And we've been through some stuff ourselves. But on a more serious note, I think um, there's a slight chasm between what is represented of people and their actual journeys and how they get there. And... Um, I think representing that journey better and trying to help people understand how someone can actually get to where they've gotten uh, helps you realize that people are a lot more alike than you might think. You might think someone is extremely smart and extremely qualified, but it took them a lot of hard work to get to that level. And therefore, you should listen to us to get a little more perspective and a little more insight into ourselves and the wonderful guests we have on, plus the concepts that we address. Thank you for that introduction, Akash and Arihant. I think you covered most of it. Um, the only thing I'd like to add is that we realize whenever we see successful people, we often see where they've reached now, or what's the big thing they've done, or what they've accomplished. But it's really rare that we go in depth to see what, where they didn't work, where they failed. And that's what we'd like to bring you. Right? that perspective into the numerous occasions where they would have failed, and more importantly, the systems they use to learn from that, to overcome from that, that we can use ourselves to. Um, so let's, I think let's start with short introductions. So um, I'll just go first. I'm Parth Bihani, as Ari mentioned, and all three of us have taken a gap year from college, actually. So we graduated last year and going to be starting this year. I'm going to UC Berkeley, and I'm really interested in pursuing robotics. Oh. Ari, would you like uh, to go next? Uh, yeah, thank you so much, Parth. Uh, I'm a 19-year-old student who graduated like last year, like Parth said. I'm really interested in CS and environmental design, although I think it feels like I've changed to what I want to do with my career like a million times already. I like to think uh, that I want to want a purpose with my education. Right now, it's uh, it's to surround it, to tackle global critical issues, and just help add more meaning to people's lives. Uh, I'm really interested in climate change. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. Um, Akash, about you. Thanks. Uh, my name is Akash Vikram Shroff, and I'm going to be studying CS at Northwestern University this fall. I really enjoy problem solving, and I think that's why I'm quite inclined towards CS. I like automating things, but to be honest, I spend hours trying to automate something that takes about a minute to complete manually. So I'm not very good at that. <laughs> but I'm always armed with a cup of coffee. Uh, and just in general, I love hearing stories and learning new things. And I love hearing about 
how people who didn't succeed and what they used in order to succeed. So I'm going to start us off. I think the introductions are very apt here. So just as an open-ended question, is is there any time that y'all didn't succeed? Or what's one time that y'all failed, Parth and Aryant? I don't think I've ever uh, not failed while starting a task. <laughs> um, I think both of you know this. Um, even with this podcast, I think this is officially our second episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the first episode shouldn't be there on the internet. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I think, think the less I, the people know about the first episode, the better it's going to be for the remainder of our episode. <laughs> Let's just say that's living in a bloopers reel somewhere. Uh, yeah. So I think, uh, like about like failing, uh, I'm at this point that I've just based my, <laughs> my learning uh, on the whole concept, like learning by failing. And that's basically the mindset of like starting on and working on something new. And you just give in to like the possibility that you're going to fail. Uh, you know that you're giving your best or trying not to fail because that's not the goal. But you kind of like just give in that, you know, you, you, like, like subconsciously, you know, that, you know, you're, you're probably going to fail and that's going to be like something which helps you push forward. If that makes sense, it doesn't make sense to you guys. Like, can you guys agree? Yeah. Yeah. I totally get what you mean. And I think, um, so we've all obviously heard about how failure is important in growth, right? But I think that one thing that I realized that I used to think before was that you often only fail when you're starting something new, right? When you're beginning, when you're starting something new, and then you might fail and learn from that. And then as you become successful, you'd probably um, not fail as much. Um, and that was something I think a lot of us also think about or have this preconceived notion. But that really changed for me when I started following SpaceX because their entire philosophy was even at reaching the point at which they are, right? The biggest rocket launch provider in the world, their entire philosophy is built around failing, right? Like iterating by failing. Like instead of taking 10 years to plan a new rocket, they do it in two months, build it, try it. And if it doesn't work, they go for the next one, right? So it's not just failing when you're starting out like <laughs> a podcast, but also <laughs> just taking that journey through you, no matter where you are and learning from those mistakes, which um, I think could be really powerful. Yeah, I, I think that's really important because you have to understand or at least understanding the idea that failure can come regardless of your competence because failure really depends more on what you're trying to do than how much you, you've already done or how much you already know. And that's a hurdle that people have to get across that even if they think they're good at something and they fail at it, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're not good at it. It just means that there's a lot left for them to learn which is entirely fair because there's a lot left for all of us to learn in almost every field. And I think personally, there's, uh, I've encountered failure obviously a number of times. And when the three of us say failure, we don't really mean any sort of life ending failure, but it, it's a more, it's more of a hurdle than anything else. So, um, I run this student breast cancer awareness organization called all pink, and I've been doing it for a couple of years now, roughly two, two and a half years. And, when we started off, we had to encounter a large number of hurdles. I'm, I'm sure you can imagine there's a bunch of 16 year olds trying to go around educating people on a very stigmatized topic like breast mm -hmm. cancer in a country that's slightly more conservative India, where um, 
socially this and and honestly across the world socially breast cancer is not given as much importance as we would like but so we were starting off we were trying to get people to understand what breast cancer is we so we had organized this screening camp where we tied up with the company to provide underprivileged people access to free uh, low paid screening and we went on to the road we were trying to get people because not enough people knew about the camp so we were like oh we're doing breast cancer screening it's free would you like to get yourself tested and we were trying to explain to them the importance of breast cancer and the funniest part is that whoever we spoke to on the road about half of them didn't know what breast cancer was at all they were just like what is breast cancer i've never heard of it there's no such thing the other half were completely apathetical they were like oh you know what i pray nothing will happen to me oh you know what i do i i eat this nothing will happen to me and it, they didn't even want to get themselves tested even though it was free generally in in india and across the world when something is free people leap at it and here we had a situation where we, we were giving free medical testing and nobody wanted to avail the services now naturally there's the entire part of children speaking about it i'm sure if a doctor had approached them the people might have been more receptive but it's about like that failure it could have um, totally derailed our progress and it could have totally put us off the idea of trying to make people more aware but i think all that it did for us thankfully at that point even though it was disheartening i will agree it made us realize that there is a lot of scope and there is a lot of requirement for improvement that there's a real issue here that has to be tackled and in that sense failure served as a very poignant indicator of the success that could be achieved so the the number of people we encountered who didn't know about breast cancer that didn't tell us oh people don't care about breast cancer it told us oh there are so many people who are waiting to know about breast cancer who have to yet be told about breast cancer so in that yeah. sense i think failure can be really helpful yeah yeah uh, i think um, one of the things that you spoke about there akash really takes me back to this one book that i kind of uh, like read uh, so uh, it's called the uh, unfair advantages i think uh, and one of the ideas in the book is success is fair play which is basically hard work into unfair advantages so even if you if you, even if you're like putting in like really uh, amazing amounts of work that like like i've seen you do with all pink there's also like the unfair advantage portion that we kind of like leave out when we kind of perceive our own failures so let's say for you guys your unfair disadvantage was that you were like a bunch of 16 year olds or 17 year olds right and um a doctors doing the same stuff would have the unfair advantage of being a doctor being somebody who's taken seriously at least in a very stigmatized and um really weird <laughs> society uh, that we have to deal with a lot of times so yeah it's 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 really it's really interesting to sometimes think about how how you can shape your perception of failure to um to like set yourself up for like success what do you have to say about this like do you think it's important to <laughs> care about failure um, perception as much yeah i i i think uh, in that sense at least tackling what you said about the unfair advantage i just want to uh, again 
reiterate that the fact that people would listen to a doctor isn't inherently unfair because that would make sense that sound medical advice please do that if uh, there's a bunch of 15 year old kids and there's a doctor i'd pick the doctor myself uh, but i mean I, yeah like uh, again uh, i i don't mean to say that you know being a doctor are there a bunch advantage. of lawsuits coming your way by rapidly <laughs> Dude, I mean, no. I mean, unfair advantage in like the large context. Let us no. let us begin with like yeah, another yeah. story. No, <laughs> Let's I, not no, talk I, about I, this. I yeah. totally get what you mean though about the unfair advantage idea, right? Um, I I don't know if a lot of you might have seen this picture. It's kind of like a meme where there's a fence, right? And there's three people. There's one tall person who can see over the fence just by virtue of how tall that person is, right? Then there's someone shorter who can't see over the fence, and someone who's the third person's even shorter, right? And the idea was of equality versus equitable distribution of like resources and health. So in the equal case, everyone was given one stool, right? And with that one stool, the tallest person could still see over the fence. They would anyway being able to see over the fence, right? So they had like the analogy of having the opportunities and so on. Then the middle person, because of the stool, was able to see over the fence. but the shortest person in spite of the stool is still too short right so even if you give people equal resources in some ways by virtue of many other factors you might not be able to get that same success in the same way versus when you have an equitable distribution um in that case the shortest person got two stools so that everyone came to the same height over the fence so that is definitely this idea of um success being dependent on a lot of factors i think the important part about that is that when if and when you fail it's important to um be aware of how it happened and why it happened and not be completely like heartbroken about it but learn from it and figure out how you can get to that next step to reach where you want to be definitely i i entirely agree with that idea because um I think the connotation of using the word unfair advantage which is why I'm I'm not particularly fond of that phrase is it puts you in the mindset of oh I can't do something because it's inherently unfair like I'm inherently disadvantaged to it and there's no way I will be able to overcome that advantage so I definitely think that again in the alping situation a doctor would have an advantage of credibility or ethos Yeah, but, but that would be a fair way, advantage. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a fair yeah. advantage. And yeah, in the yeah. same way, uh us trying to combat the failure that we had would require us to recognize that oh, you know what? Maybe these people aren't interested in listening to 15-year-olds. So, how can we bridge that? Well, why mm. don't we go to doctors, get them on board, get them to see if our idea makes yeah. sense to them, if the Neeramai yeah. technology makes sense to them, and then they can promote it. So, yeah it's about understanding where you're lacking and trying to uh bridge that gap so yeah yeah, yeah for sure but definitely yeah um uh, again sorry to all the doctors listening i by unfair advantage uh, in this context you definitely have a very fair advantage um that was just the, the formula that I assume we have listeners <laughs> uh sorry guys if you have left please come back uh part is calling you <laughs> uh but yeah i think i think also this 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 thing which uh, which kind of akash mentioned right now uh, about how failing can motivate you into uh, like achieving success right 
Um, now, success is very subjective. It's how you define your success, right? Again, my success, like my limited success in my life, hasn't been like life transforming, not not for myself or for anybody else. It's just been like her and there, just being happy sometimes. Uh, but yeah, about about failure motivation. What do you guys think? Like, does does failure act as a source of like immense motivation, or is it more demotivating? At least for you guys. I think it varies a lot, right? Um, obviously, when you fail at something at first, you're going to be sad about it, right? It's natural to be disappointed. It's natural to have wanted more, and it's fine to have those feelings. But using that to motivate yourself is the path that's harder, right? But if you're able to make that bridge, then you can turn it into the fuel that lets you overcome that step. But I think making that switch or like crossing that bridge is the path that takes more work than anything else. And um, yeah, I'm guessing you would have both experienced that as well. So um, uh, in this context, in terms of failure being a motivator, I, I'd like to take a slightly different approach. And I've spoken about this a number of times, but there's this filmmaker that I really like called Matt Diavella. And he speaks about this concept of something called a two-day rule. And mm. the purpose of this two-day rule is to sort of take motivation out of the equation entirely. Now, failure in some circumstances can be entirely demoralizing where you're just like, oh, why did this happen to me? I can't believe this happened. Where you set your expectations high and then it all comes crashing down. And at the same time, it can be extremely motivating as well. You're like, oh, okay, I failed, but next time I'll get it. But the issue with that is it's a very unpredictable. And the highs and the lows can affect you equally negatively because you have a high, you burn out, you have a low, you're stuck in a rut, you can't do anything. So what I like doing is trying to take motivation out of the equation entirely by following this two-day rule. So what this two-day rule effectively states is that um, if you have a certain task that you want to get better at or, or something that you've been meaning to improve but haven't been able to, say, for example, your health, and the task is going to the gym for half an hour a day. So the, the two-day rule says that even if in some situation something external comes up, something you miss one day, no big deal. Just don't allow yourself to miss a second consecutive day you cannot miss two days at a time. So that helps you be more accountable, not only to yourself and to the goal, but it helps you build like a, a, a steady foundation by consistently incrementing the number of gym sessions you repeat. So if for some day you miss a gym session because you're injured, regularly that might be a very demotivating thing where you're like, oh, I've missed a session, I've lost all my games, that's it. No, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. now uh, going to be very, uh, I'm not going to be able yeah. to lift the same amount of weight that I could before. So instead of having that either demotivate you into missing an entire week or get you to push yourself insanely the next day that you actually get injured, it's about, oh, I missed the session. It's fine. Doesn't matter. I can't miss tomorrow. So I have to go tomorrow. So it's about changing that mindset. And I think that approach has helped me immensely in a lot of things that I do. What, what do you all think? How, how do, you, do you all still like to use failure as a tool to motivate yourself? Or do you find that it, it leaves you either in a high or a low? 
uh, yeah so i think i think the whole concept of motivation i think i think firstly failure is a huge source of motivation but again motivation is really weird right uh because it's easy to sometimes like procrastinate a task by just saying that motive i'm not motivated enough to do it hence i will not do it and i don't really like that idea of like having motivation in your equation like needing that extra motivation to begin or like like just just give yourself some extra force like just begin a task so i think i heard it on one of the many youtube videos on productivity that i've been watched this past year uh about taking motivation out of the equation Uh, like i think akash said and and treating motivation as an end go, uh, end product of what you're doing let's say um i want to learn let's say a new programming language right uh but if if i'm cribbing about it in a lot of ways by saying okay i'm not motivated enough to do it i don't want to learn python or something like that um I, that there are more chances at least that's what i think right now uh about of me not doing it this way instead uh if i if i just just like take it as a non negotiable that you know i need to need to learn python or like get some inspiration from akash's today rule okay i couldn't do python today but because i i'm a huge preacher of uh and practitioner of i don't know if practitioner is a word though <laughs> don't use it in essays guys <laughs> um um uh so uh, of the today rule i'm going to do it i'm going to make sure i do it tomorrow um and i think it's uh it's beneficial in a lot of ways uh to to get motivation after you do your session tomorrow so you, you feel motivated enough to like do it the third day or the fourth day right so motivation can act as an end product and not uh, like something which goes into the left side of the equation uh what do you think about this part i i mean i totally get what both you're saying right the idea of having a routine when you're trying to do things so that motivation isn't something that's day to day but there's just like one distinction that at least makes sense to me right in your day to day when you're trying to do something like be it work out or be it learn something new then not having motivation in that equation but rather making it a habit which you enjoy which you can keep doing um is something that can definitely and does like work a lot better but i think a point at which it's important to still um so if you have like a big failure event right like not a single day of missing something but a big event maybe it's like a big competition you lost or something you didn't get into or whatever it may be right i think after that point is when it's more important and harder to not be demoralized um and at that instant that keeping well i don't know if motivation is technically the right word but keeping your um uh, spirits up that you can keep doing this event and you can keep sticking to your be it the two day rule or be it whichever routine you've made for yourself um so that's like the only side distinction that i think at least in my experience that i face hmm. I, i think that's very true like a, a larger a, a larger setback is more likely to derail you than a smaller setback in in a simple sense that that intuitively makes sense um I think in that sort of a circumstance it might be a little easier or at least it has helped me to realize why you started doing why something you're doing in the what first you're place. Doing. Yeah. 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 And once you figure that out then you sort of the the end product obviously they're all it's it's very enjoyable if something goes your way but even if it doesn't if you still realize why you're doing something then you might begin to enjoy the journey enough that the end product doesn't really matter 
And I think yeah. that's quite important if you want to have any sort of sustained attempt at something. But yeah. in, entirely, a large setback does have the um, ability to derail you. So you have to be wary of how you let that affect you. Hmm. I think about a large setback uh, motivating you into doing stuff. It just reminds me of my gap year story in, in a lot of ways. Um, so I think as, as like my co-host would know, I don't know how many people know this, <laughs> but um, I, I, uh, it's I, I'm, I'm going to Berkeley this year. But the year before this, before my gap year, uh, I actually got rejected from almost every college that I applied to. And at, at that time, it seemed like a major setback because it's sometimes it's actually it's, it's justified to feel that you, you don't have a direction <laughs> um, when you don't get, get into college and you're just a high school graduate. Um, like who doesn't know what to do with like a whole year? Uh, because you can only apply for the next yeah. cycle in the coming fall, right? Uh, I think just just being put in that position just helped me derive so much motivation to like you know not mess it up this time because I could I could in that situation after identifying that I had failed and um, really not wanting to be there again after a year or even like through the year uh, I I could really really focus or like you know zoom in to those things that i messed up at school which i didn't want to mess up going forward into my career or even that gap year that i was in so so i i definitely think that you know failures can be motivating but the reliance of on motivation uh is again pretty sketchy uh but but, but again uh yeah uh yeah so in, in terms of Aryan's gap year what i found really inspiring about because i remember last year Receiving a number of phone calls from Marian being like, dude, I didn't get in. I was like, oh, it's, it's fine. It's fine, man. It's, it's fine. Some college will work out. Some college. And then by the end of it, it's, it's, it's okay. Didn't get in. It's fine. But the, the good part was that, um, at least in my eyes, you didn't let yourself um, fall into the self-pity dot that, oh, it's not yeah. fair. Uh, it, 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 nothing is working out. And I'm uh, like... To be perfectly clear, feeling bad for yourself is okay. It, it happens. It's very natural. Like some things didn't work out, you are going to feel bad for yourself. But letting that entirely consume you, even though it may be a hard thing to stop yourself from letting it consume you, is something that's very necessary for you to do. Because if you fall into the self-pitying route of, oh, nothing is going right for me, nothing is ever going to go right for me, then that's just going to compound your issues even further. So within like a week i remember aryan just he was doing like a million internships he was doing a million courses on coursera and everything and it was really yeah. heartening to see because he he was taking this gap year by the scuff of the neck and it was really working out for him and it did work out for him i mean you're going to berkeley now so quite yeah. clearly something went right <laughs> But I, I think this idea of taking accountability is very important and it's something yeah. that everyone should do. Yeah. 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 I think, yeah oh, I, sorry I, to cut you off that part, uh, but I really don't want to lose my train of thought. Yeah. Go ahead, right go now. Ahead. Uh, I, I, it just reminds me of this book again. I hope this time this book analogy is not messed up. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's called The Obstacle is the Way. And uh, it talks about stoicism. 
um, where you take accountability and uh, you, you base your well-being in a, like one of the con concepts of stoicism is that you base your well-being on uh, like the stuff that you can control versus not like the stuff that you can't control. Mm -hmm. So uh, you base your well-being on uh, stuff which is entirely into like, like let's say if, if I'm working towards learning Python, let's say. So uh, uh, basing my well-being on I'll be an expert Python programmer at, at the end is, is a really weird goal to have because I can't control, uh, I, ca I can't control being an expert like based on the definition of expert right or let's say if i have a number goals for for a school grade let's say um, i, I want to get an a plus by the end of the semester that's not entirely in my control because it also depends on the answer that i produce how it matches with uh, like uh, my my professor's uh, expectations as opposed to let's say i will devote two hours into this or like i will follow the two-day rule or i'll just be disciplined with my work that there's a higher chance that I'll be happy producing my work uh, and just following this than like just basing it on the number goal and then expecting uh, like then like let's say let's say if if I have this goal right uh, I'm working two hours every day so so uh, at the end of every day I'm somewhat happy uh, and as opposed to the other scenario where I'm basing it on a letter grade uh, or a number grade at the end of my semester. Uh, I'm waiting to be happy and God forbid that doesn't happen. Then it just leads, leads you into this, this kind of a failure cycle where you have like, you can indulge in self-pity. Sometimes it might not work well for you. So uh, it's, it's also about like, I think the, the book coming back to the book, uh, it spoke about identifying and like shaping your perception of failure first. Then the action part of it, which I just said about the stoicism and also the willingness to accept that a lot of things are not in your control. Like there, are them, there may be external elements that just may pop up in your, in your journey to achieve a certain success that you defined for yourself. Uh, that there's so many things that, that can have happen that, that probably you can't control, right? Uh, let's say let's say our gap year is like uh, we couldn't control COVID. <laughs> I, I don't think a lot yeah, of the yeah. world can control COVID yeah. right now. What do yeah, you have dude. to say about that part? Yeah, yeah. I think it's. I think there's also like a balance right you need to get. Obviously, it's really important to um, not be stuck up about things that are not in your control. And as you said, do what you can to the best of your ability. But when things don't go your way, I think if you keep going like continuing with that line of thought you'd often start blaming those external things and say, oh, it didn't happen because of this, right? But the moment mm -hmm. you do that, you're going to stop your growth again, right? So like mm -hmm. Akash was saying, after using this, like after this initial phase of not being stuck uh, or not um, focusing on things you can't control on, it's still important at the end, if you fail, to take accountability of everything that happened, right? Because the moment you do that is when you can start doing the next thing. Like I'm sure for your gap year, right? you were able to do all of these few things because you took accountability and you recognized that, hey, in school, mm -hmm. I like fooled around, I messed up, and I didn't have a perspective of like, everyone in the world who I was competing with and so on, right? But then recognizing that and using that after to achieve what you did is what made you reach where you are, right? Versus being at that point being like, oh, this is just not fair, this happened to me, like, and being stuck in that. And... Um, that like having that growth mindset, mind, mindset in that perspective is something that I think. Um, uh, so I, I fully agree here with Bob because I mean, and stoicism, uh, if it works for you, 
entirely excellent. Uh, and I really like the idea of trying to focus on the system rather than the end product and trying to find enjoyment in the system because that means you'll actually enjoy what you're doing rather than some arbitrary goal which you won't ever fulfill. But I think the fact is that at some point you have to take accountability for everything. And yeah. it, it's quite counterintuitive actually because... Um, yeah. You'd, you'd assume that if you take accountability for everything, you're just going to end up cursing yourself more and feeling more of a failure and more uh, of a, uh, you'll be in more of a rut. But the weird thing that happens, at least to me, and I'm sure to many people as well, is that when something goes out of your control, that leads to more anxiety and more yeah. uh, just constant deliberation on it, which can worsen how you're feeling, how you're thinking. So... Um, the idea of taking accountability over everything uh, tries to steer you away from blaming others, as Bart said, and also helps putting things into your own hands. So, for example, say for all pink, suppose there's a project due, a social media project. So instead of trying to say, oh, you know what, this post is actually that person's job. So if they don't do it, then it, it's fine. It was it's theirs i'm not going to worry about it and while that that is a method that people could take and if it works for you sure but for me i just constantly be worrying about okay have they done it have they done it they haven't submitted it yet what's happening yeah. with the post so instead i find it much easier to take complete accountability and suppose that doesn't happen i'm like okay you know what it, it's it's my fault here i will just uh try to be more proactive and try to see how they can fit their schedule a little more. But I think one part about stoicism that I definitely agree with is if something is truly out of your control, like for example, the college process, it, although you might try to take accountability of it and try to work as best as you can towards it, you have to not let yourself get disheartened by it. I think that uh, that's a lot of what stoicism preaches by uh, asking for focus on the system rather than the end product. So that's something I definitely agree with. And But I still think that taking accountability helps in certain situations, but it, it entirely depends on the person yeah. themselves. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's a fine line. And the important thing is, in either way, to not beat yourself up about whatever happened yeah. entirely. Because the moment you do that, there's just like this endless cycle of despair that's going on, right? <laughs> and... Um, I think we've we've spoken quite a bit for today's episode <laughs> and <laughs> given you all quite a bit of our thoughts. But going forward, what we're going to be having is um, different guests from different walks of life who've accomplished amazing things and getting their insight into how they made their way to where they are, how they failed, how they learned, and showing you that perspective, which I'm sure is going to teach us and everyone listening a lot. So if either of you would like to say any final words to end today's episode. Yes, uh, I, I would. And um, guys, thank everyone for, thank you all, everyone for bearing with us. We'll have a lot more uh, insightful people next time. <laughs> we'll have people studying PhDs at Stanford, leading CEOs, all of that stuff. Um, but before we go, I would just like to give everyone an open-ended question, which we'll be addressing going forward as well. Mm -hmm. And I want you to think about how you define your own success. This is something that's very interesting, at least, and it might help you 
do things better and try to work towards goals better. But how do you define your success? How do you know if you're successful at something? And what do you have any targets? Do you have any goals? Is it a system like Arianth was mentioning with stoicism doing two hours every day? Is it, uh, is it achieving some sort of competency? But yeah, just think about that. We'll be covering uh, it in depth with each of our guests and with the three of us individually going forward. But yeah, Aryan, do you have anything to say? Uh, no, I 100% agree with both uh, you and Parth about all this. It was really great having you. Uh, I hope you come back for the next episode, guys. Thank you, and bye. Bye. Bye.